Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Rice Podcast. My name is Tyler Pruitt. Thank you so much for joining me for another week of the Rice Kelly Podcast. This is going to be part number four of the Rise Kill Eat Repeat series. Those of you guys that have been listening the past few weeks, you guys know that I am taking some of the top and some of my favorite episodes from the year of 2019, and I am replaying those for you guys. The Rise Kill Eat Podcast over the past 12 months has really expanded, and I'm definitely thankful for that, and I, I appreciate all you guys that have jumped on board in that time frame and everybody that was on board before that so i just wanted to during this this hunting season wanted to take some time and and go and replay some of those episodes for you guys so again this is going to be part number four of the rise kill eat repeat series so in case you guys have missed the past few weeks uh part one i shared my conversation with dr carl miller dr miller is the director of the whitetail research facility at the university of georgia down in georgia and he does a lot of great research with how the white-tailed deer, how it kind of operates. So it's biology and physiology. Uh, part two, I shared my conversation with Jeff Denker. As many of you guys know, I've been blessed to be able to be, be a part of the pro staff for the show Buck Ventures and The Woodsman, which is a original series on My Outdoor TV. So those of you guys that don't have My Outdoor TV, I definitely suggest you guys check that out and specifically check out The Woodsman, that conversation that I had with Jeff was one that has literally changed the course of this podcast and literally changed the, the course of my life. I mean, it's been something that has been a blessing, been able to reach out and have connections with people from literally all across the country. And all of us have a couple things in common. We love God. We have a relationship with Jesus and we love to hunt. So, I mean, that's, that's really what this podcast is all about. And I know that's something that you guys appreciate being the audience of the Rise Elite podcast. So be sure to check out that episode from a couple weeks ago and then last week i shared my conversation with kip adams so kip is the director of conservation at the qdma quality deer management association and he's also done a lot of research he's done done a lot of conservation efforts and really paved the way for a lot of conservation efforts for the white-tailed deer so i had a great conversation with him so be sure to check that out now as you guys know you have already seen based on the title of this episode that i I'm resharing my episode from, I think it was October of last year. Hopefully I got that right with Jarrett Samuels. So, but before I get into that, I do want to share just a short little passage. Kind of, I started this last week and I really liked being able to do that with you guys. So the passage I'm going to share with you guys this week is in Luke chapter 12. It's verses four through seven. All right. So this is dealing with fear. This is Jesus talking, dealing with fear. I mean, fear is something that we all deal with. It's something that Jesus talked about frequently and something that he talks about specifically in this passage. So again, it's Luke 12 verses four through seven. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are more valuable than many sparrows. So basically the gist of what is being said here is that don't worry about the the things of this world because, and don't worry about people and don't worry about disease, don't worry about things that can kill the body, but have no authority over our spirit, have no authority over our soul. Instead, we should fear, we should revere God because he has authority over both. I mean, there's all kinds of hostility right now. 
Um, and we, we, you know, I, th- I think I'm guilty of this too, but I think we all get, uh, get caught up in, you know, kind of the hysteria right now of our world. But I mean, if you think about what the state of the world was like 2000 years ago when Jesus was cruising around on the earth, I mean, there's a lot of similarities with, with what's going on. I mean, of course things are bad right now, but there have been times in history where things have been really bad also. So, I mean, we, we keep talking about these unprecedented times and everything. And it definitely is. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's easy. But I think we sometimes forget or don't necessarily put ourselves in the perspective of, you know, historically speaking, there's been some pretty rough times as well. So the point here is that we do not need to fear man. We do not need to fear disease. We do not need to fear economic collapse. We do not need to fear national collapse. Because the one thing that we need to fear, the one thing we need to to have a deep respect for and revere is God, the creator of the universe. I mean, that's where it comes down to. So again, that was Luke chapter 12, verses four through seven. Go check that out, read over it, see what you guys come up with for that one. All right. So again, I am joined by Jarrett Samuels. Uh, This was a conversation. We've actually become pretty good friends here lately, text each other every once in a while. So Jared, if you're listening to this, thank you for that that friendship and thank you for the connection that you've got with me i definitely appreciate it um jared is the founder of the pursuit of manliness podcast and he has done a really great job with that ministry it's it's something that he has really pursued and really grown over the past i think handful of years that he's been working on that and uh it's something i listen to frequently it's been a very great blessing for me personally as a man and basically what he, he tries to do with that, that podcast and succeeds very well is to equip men to live their lives biblically, right? To live biblical manliness. And that's exactly what this world needs right now. I mean, we, I mean, it's almost embarrassing to say, but we've got men that are on the covers of magazines wearing dresses right now. And that's something that is in the news. And it's just, it's ridiculous that this is even a, an issue at this moment, but it definitely is. And thank goodness for ministries like Jarrett's and many others out there that are trying to write the course and equipping men and showing them how to live biblical manliness. So thank you, Jarrett, for doing that. Uh, be sure to check out that podcast, subscribe to it. And even if you're not a man, we, I know we have a lot of women that listen to the Rise Gillette podcast. I would suggest listening to it as well. So you know what kind of man to look for. If you're already married or if you already had a husband or whatever the situation may be, you know, refer them to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast if they're not already listening to it because it is a great resource. Um, I know Jarrett also has signups, I think, going on right now, as a matter of fact, as this episode is releasing for his exclusive group, Tribe. So you guys can learn more about that by checking out the Pursuit of Manliness website. I will have that down in the show notes. That way you guys can click on that and check out what Jared is has going on with the podcast with the ministry and with tribe so don't wait to act on that because the clock is ticking and this is going to release on this episode right here is going to release on the 18th so i think it's coming up very soon the the deadline for signing up for tribe be sure to do that very quickly all right guys so again this is part number four of the rise kill eat repeat series next week we will finish it out with part five and then we'll have a new episode coming out i think that'll be December 2nd, I believe, is going to be that first Wednesday of December. We'll have a new episode coming out then. I'm actually planning it now. Um, So I'm looking forward to being able to put some new content out for you guys. 
So check out the Pursuit of Manliness podcast and enjoy today's episode. All right, man. So, yeah, thank you so much for taking some time tonight to talk with me on the Rise Killing Podcast. I really do appreciate it. Man, it's uh, it's an honor, and I apologize for the uh, the hiccups. I, I got to get that pursuit of manliness email connected to my home better because I just I fail at checking it like I need to. And man, I, I apologize. No, man, that was that's all good. I mean, that, that kind of stuff just happens, and you know, emails get lost. And I, I mean, it's it's all good. It's not a not a big deal at all. And I'm just uh, I'm glad we were able to get it worked out. I'm glad that I've got you on tonight and be able to pick your brain a little bit. I'm really excited to be able to talk with you. I've been a fan of the show for so long. I've been listening to it. I guess it's been, I guess close to a year now or so that I've been listening okay. to it. And I've been, been really, really blessed by what you've been putting out there. And it's been really cool to be able to finally connect with you on my own show. So it's really <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out, man. Like I said, it's a, it's a privilege and honor. And I read your email about what you want to talk about. And I think it's, uh, it's important and it's something that, um, Man, I just had a conversation with a guy recently about this. He's probably anti-killing his own meat, uh, and um, and and I understand his reasons. And, and the the tension we are coming to is just because you feel like I, that, that you don't want to do it, it doesn't mean that somebody else shouldn't do it. It is biblical. We are allowed to do it, and God did tell us to rise, kill, eat. You know, so um, and it's it's one of those things where in our culture right now we're we're projecting everything as is. Uh, when it comes to manliness, especially when it comes to Christian men as cultural. And I think that's such a cop out. And so um, I'm looking forward to it. We were just kind of having this discussion last night with our small group about dominion and presence and, and things of that nature. Really? That's awesome. That's really cool. It's, it's great that you were having that conversation with the guy recently. Cause I actually had a, a family member here recently that we were discussing. That's almost the same identical thing where, you know, she was okay with the, you know, the, eating meat and all that kind of thing that wasn't yeah. really an issue for it was just the the idea of hunting and going out and being the one responsible for putting the animal on the ground and being the one responsible for harvesting that meat was just something that she wasn't interested in which i i, I understand that perspective of it but at the same time you know somebody's got to do it and <laughs> there's a certain freedom in knowing yeah that you know where where our food's coming from because if you're trusting grocery stores or wherever you're you're trusting to to get you your food especially when it comes to meat I mean, I mean, there's just there's just a certain amount of trust that you've got to give up to to people that you don't really, really know. And the, the yeah. freedom of having the opportunity, opportunity to be able to go out and hunt and harvest our own meat is just it's just something like you said, it's just something that that God has given us. He's, he said, is this OK? And, you know, and we've got all kinds of scriptures in in the Bible that that tell us that that's OK. And that's actually what this podcast is named after, you know, Acts right. 10. 1013 you know rise kill eat so yeah that's that's awesome well and that's the thing and that's why i was telling him you know i my gut feeling is his background um wasn't outdoors hunting etc and mine really wasn't either it was more sports centric and and which and i'm so my heart with him was listen i'm okay if you don't want to be that guy that hunts or fish or whatever i'm i'm okay but you can't say it's wrong for someone else to do it and i'm not necessarily saying he was saying that um, but he took the the dominion um, in Genesis one as like more of a zookeeper, uh, and I'm like, ah, I don't see that. 
Um, because if I go out in the woods, nobody's told the deer that I'm a zookeeper. Those things run from you and the fish flee from you. And so the animals don't have to be told about dominion. They still are very aware of dominion and what it is. And, uh, if you don't want to do it, that's okay, but you can't say it's wrong for someone else that does choose to do that. Exactly. That's an interesting way of looking at it as a zookeeper. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I don't see it that way but yeah. at all. But <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I mean, but yeah, that's a, that's pretty, pretty interesting. But yeah, like you said, I mean, deer, uh, fish, I mean, anything that you're going out and mm-hmm. pursuing, they, you, you don't have to tell them that <laughs> you're they're there to hunt them because they know it and they're, they're getting out of there yeah, as soon as they, yeah. they spot something going on. I mean, I've had so many times where I've had, you know, things getting away from me because they've spotted me, smelled me, seen me or whatever it is. So yeah, that's definitely, definitely very true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I again, I really appreciate it. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever used this format, but I, I like it. I'm watching it, you know, right in front of me right here. So uh, this is good. See, I, I like it. I, I like it a lot. I think the audio mm-hmm. really sounds good, and uh, that's that's a big reason why I use it. The only thing I wish I had, I wish it had some kind of feature where it had video. Yeah. Because I'd love to be able to see, you know, the people I'm talking with and that kind of thing. That's, uh, that's something that I wish they could maybe add, and hopefully they will in the future, but like I like Zoom calls for the purpose of that, yeah. but I feel like the audio you sometimes suffers because I don't know I don't know what it is with their audio system, but I really yeah. like the Zencaster audio, especially when it comes to podcasting. And you're right, and and you never know what the guy on the other side what his setup's going to be. And sometimes I've had guys where I'm like, yes, you 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 get it. And other times I've had guys like, you know, people are going to watch this, right? <laughs> like we're only <laughs> right. we're only getting your forehead yeah. here, or we're only getting this, or what's going on behind? You know, so uh, <laughs> right. yeah, there, there's a blessing and a curse. And you're right, the Zoom audio, and especially depending on your Wi-Fi and, and where the guy's located, can really have quite a range and this sounds really pure and 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 crisp yeah it it really does i I really like the system and uh uh, a buddy of mine colin cottrell he actually had him on the show uh shoot is probably a few months ago but he's the one that actually first introduced me to zencast because i was doing a lot of them over the phone Mm -hmm. and of course that audio sounded just terrible and (laughs) i had you know ups and downs there was chirps all kinds of stuff going on so he introduced me to that and it's a I've been using it ever since. It's been really, really cool. I mean, it's it's definitely definitely helped a lot as far as the quality goes. Yeah, absolutely. All that stuff. I'm with you. I was doing the same thing over the phone, and and it worked um, most of the time. Uh, again, depending on the yeah. person, and but then I I try to get a tripod or try to get something set up where the phone was right in front of the the microphone. Man, I had I can write a comedy show about me trying to learn <laughs> a podcast. And be, I had no clue what I was doing, man. And um, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm still not sure I know what I'm doing, but. Um, and I'll have people reach out and go, Hey, how do you do this or this? I'm like, I would gladly tell you what I know. Cause I have learned some things the hard way. I told a guy the other day, I think I have like 10 different microphones. Now they're all, not all podcasting microphones or lapel, whatever. Uh, but man, I'm always tweaking something or trying something because it's just, I'll be laying in bed going, you know, I wonder if I connect it this way, if that'll, um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's the thing I haven't solved yet is the live feed. I have a camera and it's okay. I, I really, I'm not a big fan of it, but other than that, this is what I got. My, the blue Yeti mic was the best purchase I probably made um, this whole this whole process. Yeah, I've got something similar to that. I think it's, I don't even know what the brand is, <laughs> but it's it's something similar to that. But I think it was more of like a, I don't know, some kind of Amazon special. And I can't even pronounce what the <laughs> brand is. But yeah, it's so, so, something nice. along those lines. And it, so far, it's been pretty good. I mean, it's uh, I actually ended up taking a, a course with Ryan nice. Mickler of, uh, Order, of the Ma- yeah. Order of Man. 
So he held a podcasting course and I ended up taking that course with him. And, uh, you know, he, of yeah. course, he's been doing it for, for years now and been doing a podcasting deal. And, uh, he was able to kind of you know pull the curtain back and give us some tips and give us some hints on some nice. different equipment and, uh, nice. software, that kind of stuff to use. So I use audacity mm-hmm. to, uh, edit and of course, Zencaster to record. And, you know, so far it's been, it's been doing, doing okay. I think you're going to end up going to be episode nice. 24. Nice. So, so I guess we're getting close to six months That's into this and deal. You only, you only get better, man. It's, it's amazing. I wish I knew, you know, back then what I know now and, um, all your, what the beauty of what we're doing here is we're just trying to keep the conversation going, you know, and I, I'll tell guys, I, I may not, I, I'm not going to try to pretend like I'm an expert on this by any means, but I want to keep the conversation going. And I do believe God has called me to a place of responsibility to have this conversation. So, uh, man, it just opens the door for you guys like you and I to come across our paths across. We wouldn't know each other otherwise. So, um, it's a beautiful thing when we use it for good. Yeah, it really is. And I've been able to reach out to, I mean, so many different people because of this opportunity, you know, guys like you and, you know, so many awesome guys mm-hmm. from across the country. And it's been, it's been a pretty incredible yeah, experience. Yeah. It's uh it's a great platform. And I just, I, I, I messed up. I released the hundredth episode last week and a friend's like, I don't see 99. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I did delete it and uh, put 99 <laughs> up since today was a hundred. And I mentioned, you know, several accounts, different guys that I've come in contact with. And I'm like, man, this guy's become a friend because of this platform. And some of these guys have become incredible friends and I, I've never met them, but I get text messages or a lot. You know, uh, one, some of them I've met like one time and I know that they're praying for me and try, I mean, it's just amazing what, what can happen through these, these platforms. Yeah, it really is. And that was going to, something I was wanting to mention was, you know, your 100th episode. And I think it's awesome that, I mean, that's a pretty huge milestone. So what are you wanting to do next with the pursuit of manliness? Just kind of keep chugging along or are you wanting to, you know, veer into something else or what's the, what's the next step for pursuit of manliness well there's probably three full the three parts would be one would be to figure out how to do some the the live streaming better um i'm a pastor so for me it comes natural to to teach and i really want to equip guys and so i'm doing you know a thing right now through joshua it's okay it's not great but it's it's something again keeping that conversation going on on monday mornings we're doing that um i'd like to do more um one-on-one coaching and i've had some opportunities here and there uh, but I've not really leaned into it or pushed it by any means with with guys, but where you can really set some goals and some uh, measurables. And, and I've just been really blessed, you know, in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years of the people God has placed in my life that I would say it's only because of him because they shouldn't have been in my life. You know, for me to get interested in hunting or whatever, there's no reason why those guys befriended me, you know, or uh, leadership things or other things that God has made that very clear. And then the the other part would be um, do more things where I equip churches. I, I've done like a series called One More Round. It was through the life of David. And looking at that, I didn't think, I don't think I marketed that real well. I probably pushed it a little too I don't know. Oddly is the way I, only way I'd say it now. I think it's one of the best things I've done, but I didn't communicate in a very good way of what it was. And so I, I'd like to do more things where I can equip, uh, whether it's churches or pastors and then, um, the coaching and then maybe live stream if, if that works out well. But, um, I don't know. Tri- I got a tribe going right now and that's been something that's just been, man, it, it, it's like life giving for me too. We disciple guys six months at a time. And, uh, and we got a guy right now in Afghanistan and a guy in Belgium. And then we, we always have guys across the country, but those two guys and you know, that guy in Afghanistan, he never misses. He shows up for zoom calls and weekly challenges. And it's just amazing, man. You know, so, uh, that's very life giving for, for sure. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really incredible. You've been able to 
reach out to guys from literally across the world. I mean, that's, that's awesome that you've had that kind of reach just from these making yourself vulnerable enough to create content and to develop content and putting it out there for people to digest and people to really bring it in. And that's, that's, that's awesome that you've had that kind of reach just in, you know, that, that amount of time. That's pretty incredible. And, and vulnerable is right. You know, like what you're doing right now, you're pulling the curtain back on your life on some level. And when you do that, you really are putting yourself out there. And that can be for uh, blessings or curses. There are some people that will just, you know, for whatever reason, want to throw stones and that that's going to be okay. Um, but man, we just, you know, I, I was saying that today, just the, the, the blessing that being able to reach people, you know, in different parts of the world. I had a guy call me one time from Ireland through Facebook. I didn't even know you could do that. And I had this weird noise coming oh, out of cool. my computer and I'm like, uh, what is that? And I look and there's like this little like dot flashing on my Facebook and I click it and this guy's driving down the road calling me through Facebook and he had listened to a podcast and just wanted to thank me. And, and so, it was really unique, you know, and so those things don't happen often, but when they do, man, as you know, that's such a blessing to keep you in the fight and having brothers like you, man, that we can encourage one another and go, Hey, we're standing shoulder to shoulder while our platforms might be different or our target audience might vary depending on what our focus is. Uh, we still know that our, our goal is to build better men or better people for that matter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, God put us on this, planet to accomplish a purpose that he he uniquely gave each of us and i feel like you know whatever the whatever the scenario may be for if you're a teacher i mean i'm a, I'm a full-time mm -hmm. teacher right mm -hmm. now so if you're a pastor of course you're going to have all kinds of responsibilities that god has given you all kinds of obligations and you know whether you're a construction worker you know you're a lawyer whatever you're a doctor whatever your role is i mean i feel like we have a purpose and we have something that we can give to other people to add value into their lives. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to, to find, find what that is and figure out a way for us to do that. And like you said, I mean, creating this con, this uh, podcast and creating content for this brand that I'm, I'm kind of trying to build around this, this podcast is something that it's been frustrating probably more often than not, <laughs> just because, I mean, you just never, you just never know how things are going to be perceived. It's all, it's a constant learning curve. And, uh, but mm -hmm. I feel like there's been a lot of people that have gained value from this show and, you know, numbers are rising almost every yeah. week with, with downloads and that kind of thing. So I think if people are saying things behind, behind closed doors, whatever they're saying, then that's, that's yep. great and that's fine. But I feel like the majority is that people are finding value in, in this show and people are finding, of course, they're finding value in your show. I mean, you've been chugging along for, for a while now. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's just the, the idea of, finding our purpose and, you know, submitting that to God and, you know, really, really giving it over to him and just kind of seeing what he does with his, uh, it's pretty incredible to watch. I think if I can get, if I can give you any encouragement and I'm, I'm certainly not telling you what to do, man, I just want to encourage you stay in the fight, man. And, and I see it all the time. There'll be guys and they'll have great content or great things and, and, and they fall off for various reasons. And I, and I know that God does call you away from things at times. He may say, okay, that season's over. Let's move on. Um, but I, I want to encourage you, man, if you, if you ever just need a conversation or something, reach out, let's have that. I want to, um, I want to help guys. Let's stay in that fight. We need your thumbprint, you know, on social media, wherever you feel like you make the greatest impact. Like we need you guys there. And so when I look at, I was going through a Twitter follow, you know, my list of people I followed not that long ago and all these accounts, they were just dormant that these guys were mm -hmm. killing it or they were creating great content or had great graphics or great podcasts. And then one day it was just gone. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying God doesn't call you away from that, but with what we do, it's very easy to, 
uh, isolate yourself. It's very easy to be lonely and it's very easy to get burnt out. And uh, that's exactly what Satan would love for you to do. Feel like you're on an island. And I'm not saying you are, but if you ever feel that way, man, that's where you know, we want to encourage one another, like stay the course, get up, fight one more round, get in there, do it again. Um, it's sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes you're like, what am I doing? I don't need to do this. Um, but we remember why we started that. There's times I'm like, this is insane. What am I doing? Nobody cares if I get this episode listed by noon or whatever, but, um, yeah. and that's not, that's not bad necessarily because it, it makes you become a better man, but man, just stay the course as much as you can. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having the, having the community, whether it be brothers or, or sisters, really, I mean, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of females that listen to the show as well, and they've been very encouraging and uh, that kind of thing too. But yeah, I mean, just anybody that's, you know, finding value from it's just, it's a pretty incredible experience. And like you said, just staying in the fight and just, just getting in there because there's a certain amount of integrity and certain amount of discipline that it's going to take. And, you know, that's all been something that uh, I've learned along the way. And I think people, anything that, any kind of goal they want to accomplish, anything like that, it's going to require a certain amount of personal accountability to be able to achieve that goal. And, you know, having the support and having the the brotherhood and having the people there to support you, I think is definitely going to be, it's definitely something that is, is needed for, for sure. Amen. hundred percent. Amen. Amen. But yeah, so enough about me, let's get into (laughs) you, man. (laughs) So, so you're a, a pastor at a church. Where, where exactly is that? I'm a pastor at a church on the northeast side of Indianapolis. So um, there's different areas over here. It's a Castleton area, so that's where I'm pastor. It's a small church. Um, we we moved from Iowa. That's where we're at originally from. We had moved away from ministry and we're living back in Iowa. Thought I thought they would bury me in that black soil in Iowa, but um, <laughs> and God had different plans. And and so our first night here in Indianapolis when we were coming to visit my wife was looking out the window of the hotel or maybe I was, and she said, this is a lot more city than I was realizing. I said, me too. And, uh, we, for some reason, when someone said, Oh, it's Northeast of Indianapolis, we thought a town Northeast of Indianapolis, but we're, we're pretty much in Northeast part. And, and um, yeah, it's good. That's awesome. I've actually got some family that lives up in, uh, Indianapolis. That's pretty, okay. pretty interesting that you mentioned that, but yeah, I'm familiar with that area. Yeah. That, that whole area, there's all these like little suburb towns that, yeah. that kind of, surround Indianapolis. And it's a, like you said, it's, it's all pretty much just kind of a big city. It's a big city. Yeah. And you have these different different areas, you know, I live here or there, whatever, you're like, for real, you know, and, and, and people will, and I'm still, I've only been here, you know, three plus years. I still feel like I'm a, I'm a visitor sometimes like, well, I live in Cicero. I'm like, I have no idea where that is, but as long as you know where you're going, that's all that matters. (laughs) Right. So what, what's that been like for you, you know, living in Indiana, you know, being a pastor of a place that you may or may not be familiar with? You know, it's been good. This is my first lead pastor position. So I had felt that on my heart for quite some time, but I, God had, I was not ready for that yet, apparently. So uh, we were, we had worked in really large churches. We've had large children's ministries. Um, they're mega churches. We've had multiple services, large teams. And so really felt like, you know, hey, if, if I can lead these large teams of volunteers and, and kids and all these things that are going on, you know, that's part of it. But the other part was I really felt God's call to, to preach. And so uh, a really good friend of mine, told me, because uh, he had made that transition from children's ministry to lead pastor, which is, in a lot of people's minds, that's a huge jump. And he said what he started to do was write sermons 
um, in addition to all the things that he was doing during the week. And so I started doing that and I would even practice them in my office. And I remember like, okay, last week we talked about, you know, and I'm talking to the walls, you know, but um, right. what that did was develop an, an internal discipline in me to um, be prepared for that. Cause you think when you, when you come to a, a church and you're the lead pastor, you must get to study all the time and read all the time and you, you get it called in some different conversations and stuff. So that discipline of being able to write a sermon, um, I'm always about three weeks in advance with my sermons. And so just be mapping out and trying to stay ahead. The farthest I got out was like five weeks one time. And God knew I needed that because uh, for the next like month, we had a funeral once a week from, from people connected to our church. And it just wasn't time to write sermons like it typically is. So uh, that, that's been a good discipline, just staying ahead and thinking ahead and planning out, you know, uh, next series or next year. So, yeah. So it's kind of like the, the preparation for almost a podcast. I mean, you, you've got to be prepared in advance. You've got to have the content available and, you know, I'm sure there's some some similarities, and I'm sure there's also quite a bit of differences in, in developing a sermon. But you know, having that preparedness and being ready whenever it's time to deliver your your content, deliver your your sermon, I'm sure is a yeah, it's just going to require require a certain amount of discipline. Yeah, I, I've shared before. I think even with my elders here that I think. The pursuit of manliness, you know, originally it was a blog um, and then it moved it to more podcasting and videos and such. But when I, when I wrote my first blog post for the pursuit of manliness, I was in a, uh, a Starbucks with Christmas music blaring over my head. And I wrote like seven tips for a manly Christmas or something that was on my heart. And uh, so I write this blog post and I thought, now what? And so um, I got out a calendar and I started, I wrote Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I thought I'll, I'll post this Monday morning and Tuesday PM. Well, then I need something Tuesday AM. And so right there in that moment, I started mapping out content and I had no clue what I was doing. And, and I would go back to that place or even in my office and just map out. So for me, content mapping has been like a non-negotiable with a pursuit of manliness almost from day one. And so for me to, to map out sermon series or new members class or whatever, it's not that far of a stretch because this is a discipline. Nobody held me accountable to map out content for pursuit of manliness, but they will at the church where I serve. So to have that internal discipline was nothing. It was so easy to pass that on to now mapping out sermons or getting my stuff to our worship pastor, our administrative assistant, or people that need my content so they can put it other places. Um, I already had that. So that, that's been a huge plus for me just to be very disciplined in thinking ahead. And, and, and I've said before, I'm very ADD. So tomorrow is Tuesday and, and maybe I'm lost at 2 PM on Tuesday. I can look at my calendar and go, what are you supposed to be doing right now? Oh, okay. Let's, let's do that. And, and that just helps me stay on mission and on, on task. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's something that I try to do as well as, as best as I can. And like I said, I'm a full-time teacher and you've got to have some kind of, you know, internal discipline, some kind of personal accountability in order to prepare for lessons. You know, I'm, I teach middle school kids. So if you don't keep them engaged, <laughs> then they will take over in, in a heartbeat. So yes. you've got to, you've got to prepare in advance in order to <laughs> make sure that they, that they are, uh, you know, engaged in their learning and that kind of thing. And, you know, being able to take that skill and be able to take that ability to do that and then transfer it over into, you know, this, this side gig is, is something that, something that's definitely helped me quite a bit. And I'm, and I'm, I'm sure that you've, you've, like you said, you've experienced some of those kinds of things as well with, with your podcast and that kind of thing. So what, what exactly inspired you to start pursuit of manliness? I mean, what, what was it in, in your soul that you were feeling whenever, 
you you decided that you know the world needs needs the pursuit of manliness. Yeah, I don't know if the world needed it as much as I needed it. And so when my son was born, yeah, that's a good. Way <laughs> when my son was born, so we had we have two girls, and I'll give you the short version of this. I, I thought I was a pretty good. I was, I, I was okay. That's what I'll say. I was an okay dad. I was an okay husband, but I. I, truthfully, I was pretty pathetic when I look back on it now. But when my son was born, um, I thought, man, what am I going to teach this kid? I love sports. I know sports. But, man, there's there's a time where that doesn't transfer anymore. At some point, the sports world ends. And so I really wrestled with that. But the day he was born, he, he was put in the NICU. He had a collapsed lung. And they took me in a room. And my wife um, is still down in the delivery area. And I'm with him. And the nurses are doing all their things. And it was a dark, gray room. It was one of the weirdest like 4.30 in the mornings ever. And, um, you know, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, man, I don't know if this kid's going to make it. They don't know if he's going to make it. Um, nurses are, are doing all these things. And there was this one nurse in particular that kept telling me everything that was going on. And um, I, I would just thank her because I don't know what they're doing. And and I remember praying, God, if you help this little boy fight, I will fight. And, and I got to be honest with you, man, I have no clue what that means. I just remember praying that. And I, pray, I prayed a lot of things that morning, but that's the only thing that stands out in my mind. Well, he gets out of the NICU. We'll fast forward two years. I'm watching him like throw a ball on a Nerf hoop, kind of like dunk it. And I thought, man, this is really cool. And brother, it was as if like God sat next to me and said, this is cool, isn't it? I was like, yeah, this is cool. And I'll never forget it. That moment, I can remember the words, God, if you help this little boy fight, I will fight. And man, fear ran through me. I thought, man, I don't, I don't like where this is going to go at all. This is, I'm about to get really uncomfortable. And for about 18 months, I tell guys, God just Rubik's cube my life. I mean, things that I thought were going to be stable were not. People, you know, would cut, you know, were in my life or out of my life. I mean, all this different stuff. I mean, moving to a city, we're not big city people. All this stuff happened. It was really at the end of 2015, I read Mansfield's book of Manly Men. I was also going back through the Bible of really trying to look at the people's lives in the Bible and go, okay, what do I get from that? Because I knew there was a stirring in me and I created, uh, I was texting a buddy of mine. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if there's a place where Christian men could have, con- you know, and, and I knew nothing about any other groups that were out there at that time for Christian guys. Now there's, there's a ton of them. And uh, he's like, yeah, that'd be great. So I created uh, the Pursuit of Manliness. And we had different names, and I was texting back and forth. What do you think about this, that? And um, I'll never forget sitting on the couch one day talking to my wife. And I said, hey, I'm thinking about starting this Facebook page about like the pursuit of manliness. And I, I, what I wanted to do was learn to be a better man of God. I wanted, I wanted to learn outdoor skills. I wanted to learn car stuff and things that I don't feel like I have. I had, I felt like the only skill I had was sports. And so I'll never forget. She looked at me. She said, I think that's a great idea. If you want to practice your manliness right now, our toilet is leaking. And I thought that's not the answer <laughs> I was looking for, but she's right because men are, our words are nothing. It's really what we do with our life that 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 matters, and and to be active and to be engaged and to be present, and um, so from that point on, it was kind of born, and then it slowly there was a birth, but for the first year and a half, probably it was completely anonymous, and that was because I was probably not fully committed of being all in and saying this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, and it was fear and insecurity, and it was a way of Satan keep me on the sideline. And then I recorded my first podcast. I had a friend of mine on and we're about 60 seconds into the interview. And he's like, you know what, Jared, I was thinking that. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. Cause that was the first time my name was ever attached to anything on this. And I didn't know how to edit. So I thought, well, here we go. I guess the world's going to know who it is, you know? So it's been quite a progression, man. And, uh, God, I, I really felt like God has changed it, you know, in many ways in the last few years. And it's it, the focus and the intent is still to equip men, but, um, I've said before, there 
I'll get pushback sometimes because of the name manliness. And I'm like, if you'll listen to the content, I'm really pro women because what we're trying to do is light a fire in the men to be the men that they're supposed to be, that your wife deserves and your kids should have in their life. And so if anything, we're having really hard conversations with men about let's do this. There's too much on the line not to. Exactly. I mean, I think that the, the whole title of being pursuit of manliness, I think is a great title because I mean, it is a constant pursuit. We are, it's something that we have to do every single day. It's something we have to, you know, wake up and we have to prepare ourselves to be the man that God has called us to be. And, you know, like you said, the women in our lives, like I'm, I'm married, I've been married for seven years. The women in our lives are our kids. I've got two kids and they're, they are the ones that are going to really be the beneficiaries of our, of our manliness whenever we are do, yeah. doing it the way that God, you know, intends us to be. So, I, I mean, I love, absolutely love the title of pursuit of manliness because, you know, it's a, it's a daily struggle. It's something we have to do constantly and something that we are, you know, called to do on a daily basis. And like you said, with, with manliness, it's, it's a, we, we are playing a small part in adding value to the people around us by, by truly being, being the man that, that God has called us to be. And, and I think too, when we'll, we'll know that we're the men that God has called us to be when it directly benefits those who are closest to us. And exactly. so when my yeah. wife notices a difference in me, then it's real. When my kids uh, see me different or respond different. I mean, the way my wife, my wife has talked about pursuit of manliness or my girls have talked about pursuit of manliness is just like, Oh man, it's just, you know, so life giving because they mm -hmm. see that, that they're getting a different guy, a different man. And that's on me. You know, I, I got to get that right. It's, it's not on them. And so, but if I don't get it right, or if I just assume because I'm home that that's good enough or whatever, they, they got a male figure in their life. They didn't get a husband or father. And, and there's too much on the line for me to be just sitting idly by, just assuming that it all works out in the end. And that's exactly what Satan would love to do is take what was meant to be, you know, a sword for fighting and turn it into a butter knife because we just allowed it to never have any friction or tension or, or ever get any better. And if we don't surround ourselves with people who will challenge us and hold us to higher standards, uh, we're going to set the bar pretty low. And the world's going to pick it up and beat us with it. And, and I don't want to live like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, adding pressure is going to create diamonds. I mean, it's it's going to be uncomfortable. Pressure <laughs> is uncomfortable. It's going to be something that, you know, is necessary for growth, though. I, I always like to use the analogy because uh, I used to be an athletic trainer prior to being a teacher. So I worked with a lot of athletes and that kind of thing. But I like to use the analogy of like when you go out and work out, you're going to be sore for a few days afterwards. You know, you're going to be broken down. You're going to be sore. You're not going to want to move. But that uncomfortable feeling that soreness is a part of growing yeah and then after you get through that process of the uncomfortable you know feeling the the soreness you're going to be much stronger in the end and i mean I, th I think it's so true for you know any of our pursuits whether it be hunting whether it be you know in a marriage whether it be as a father whatever whether it be our relationship with god whatever our whatever we are striving to become better at there's going to be times where we have to struggle and there's going to be times where we have to try to overcome adversities. And in the end, if we do it the right way, do it the way that God intends it, then then we're going to come out stronger. We're going to come out more complete in the end as a, as a result. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing where, uh, you know, I, I say that Satan loves to minimize the moment by maximizing the past. And so if he can, if he can get your mind around the idea that this moment is really not that significant, it's not that big deal. You're going to get another one. Well, someday you're going to wake up and a thousand moments have gone by. You're going to go, what just happened? 
I just, I just missed all these moments. And then you look back on the past and you're going to maximize it and it's going to be dread, regret, or, or, or your glory years of being in high school or whatever. This is the moment to maximize because you can't do anything about the past. And if you don't maximize this, you're going to sabotage your future. And if we don't get our mind around, I need to take full advantage of this. I, I shared recently that I was meeting with a 97 year old man and he, he, he said, oh, I can read that. He was in his hospital room. I can read that. What, what does it say? September? I said, yeah, it's September, I don't know, 18th at the time. He's like, already? And I, yeah, yeah. You know, and he said, time is non-recoverable. And I thought, ouch, here's a guy who's yeah. lived about as long as a person's probably going to live, 97 years. And he realizes how quickly time goes by. And uh, we just assume we get more of it. And there's no guarantee that you're going to get any more of it or myself. I mean, there's no guarantee. Yeah, exactly. And that, that really, you know, kind of brings, brings us up to, to idea of dominion in, in Genesis one. I mean, of course, God is, is mentioning animals and he's mentioning all these things, but he's really handing over, you know, a piece of something that he created and saying, you know, take care of this, take ownership of this. And, you know, I think that's something that we can do in our lives as, as Christian men, it's something we can do in our lives as husbands, as wives, as whatever, like I said, whatever role that God has put us in. And we can take care of this thing that God has created and then handed over to us. And I think there are some, some parallels then in between those, you know, what God was saying in Genesis one, of course, and then, you know, where we find ourselves today in, in daily life. Yeah. And remember everything that we read in Genesis one and two is before sin. And so this, right, is, this yeah. is God's intent of what the what it should look like. And, and then for me, this has been really an anchor to what is biblical manliness. You know, I've had people, well, what is biblical manliness? Well, let's go back to Genesis 1 and 2, and we're going to talk about these, but I believe there are five things that you find in Genesis 1 and 2 that God directly bestowed upon men and women. The first one is we are creating God's image. The second one is to be fruitful and multiply. The third was have dominion. Uh, the fourth one was to work and keep what has been entrusted to us where he put Adam in the garden. And the fifth one is if you're going to marry, you marry a woman or he brought mm-hmm. Eve to Adam. And then it was a man will leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife. and The two shall become one flesh. All five of those things are found before there was ever sin. And so once sin enters, we've added everything else to it and, and, and twisted it and manipulated it and, and really question, you know, if God knows what he's doing when it comes to uh, humanity. And he's made it really clear in those first two chapters, he's got a pretty good idea and he has a pretty good plan. We should probably follow it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's incredible to see, you know, whenever we're doing the things that, that God has intended us to do, you know, with marriage and with family and with our work, when, and it's incredible to see how much more it flourishes as a result. I mean, whenever we do the things that we're, we're intended to do, it's, it's, it's just crazy to me that, you know, like we would try to do other things that we would try to do these things on our own, whenever God has already mapped it out for us. And a lot of that begins with Genesis one is, I mean, like we said, with dominion, you know, uh, taking care of the things that he's given us and with marriage and these types mm-hmm. of things. And whenever we try to, we try to change these things and it, most of the time, it, I mean, all the time, it's not going to, it's not going to work out for us. You know what I'm saying? Well, it, it, you're right. We're talking about dominion. The first thing he says right before that in verse uh, 28 was to be fruitful and multiply. And we tell, I tell mm-hmm. people all the time, yeah. this is not just in childbearing because if you've never been able to have children or you're past the childbearing age then you go, well, then I'm out. No, it simply means that you, you give more than you take. And so as a grown up, I give more than I take. If you have children, then you know, brother, what it means that you give more than you take. Your house was a lot cleaner before they were born, but it's a more, it's a lot more oh, yeah. life giving <laughs> now that they are here, but it is that you give 
more than you take. Men, when you come to the table, have something to bring to the table. But that moves you into the dominion part, that you are to be a person of presence. That just because I came home, that doesn't mean my value, my presence is adding any value. If I have to walk in and say, the leader of the house is here, well, then I'm not the leader. I'm a buffoon. If I walk in and I ask my wife about her day and I talk to my kids about their day and I tell them I love you or you're a great kid, I'll tell them about once in a while, like, or I'm proud of you or I'm thankful I get to be your dad or whatever, that's, that's having a presence. And then when you have a presence, then you have dominion. That means your presence is adding a value that it's felt and that people, people want that. Some people have a presence that is felt and people don't want that. And so when they're either not around it or it's gone, they're like, okay, good. And some people are raised that way, whether it was a parent in the house, they go, okay, when they're gone, we can actually have a house now, a healthy home. And then when that parent came home, it was high emotion, loud voices, whatever. Um, Man, dominion doesn't mean that you're just the boss of the house. It means you intentionally add value um, to everyone who lives there. Some of the uh, translations, I I should have wrote them down. I don't know the exact translations. They'll say... It says to rule over it in, yeah. in replace of uh, dominion. And, you know, I think a lot of people that may be reading that, they may take it as like, you know, a tyrant king, you know, coming in, you know, like you said, coming in, you know, I'm, I'm the ruler of this place. This is what I'm doing. But it's it's really not that at all. It's, it's because, like you said, this is going to be Genesis 1 is before sin enters the picture. There's, there's no sin. Everything's perfect. Everything's the way that God intended it. And whenever we have this true dominion, we have this true presence in our homes, in our work, you know, in the woods if, as, as hunters, then there's, there's so much more that, that we can offer to, to those people that, that are around us. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I think, and it varies on the person, you know, it varies on the relationship, but we still understand back from Genesis one twenty seven that we're creating God's image. So everywhere we go, we need to uh, represent God well, and that's gonna that's gonna vary depending on your your children or a coworker or you know a hunting buddy or a guy at work or you know what I mean. I already said that, but uh, maybe someone in your church. All that varies, but we're to represent God well because we understand we're created in His image. Yeah. So how how exactly can we have dominion within within our homes as as husbands and as you know wives? Because we do, like I said, we do have some females that listen to this as you know parents. How, how can we actually have true dominion the way that God intended us for to have? How can we have that in our own? I think the first thing is just understanding responsibility, that I have a responsibility within my house, whether I'm the mother or the father, and my responsibility is to the people that are there. Are, are, is their life better because I'm, I'm adding value to them? My presence makes it better. That, that if, you know, I say this to guys, often there's a knock on the door in the middle of the night. You don't have to roll over and try to figure out who's going to answer the door. Typically, you go answer the door. You know that. Your responsibility is to provide for your family. Your responsibility is to put uh, those people first because they are in your life. I think sometimes it used to be, when you were a mother or father, it was something to aspire to and that you didn't mind even having a minivan. You didn't even mind if you had mom jeans or if you had dad white Nikes or whatever. You didn't mind doing that. And we've gotten to this era where we really want to be cool moms and dads. And because we want to be cool moms and dads, we need boys nights outs and girls nights outs. And we go to concerts from people back in our childhood or our high school years. And we act like we're in high school and college and, and try to relive those glory moments. And we there's something about our youth that we're just 
we're just trying to hold on to with a death grip. And then, you know, now the you know 30 is the new 20, whatever. And I'm like, no, you're, you are what you are and be responsible for it. It's a privilege to be whatever you are. I, I say this to people with children often, you know, that, that if you have kids, they're not a burden. And, and they're not, they're not a pain and they're right. not an obstacle. That might mean you don't get to have date nights. So what? Nobody in the Bible had a date night, but you'll be okay. It might mean that you don't get to have the nicest cars, the nicest shoes. You're going to be okay because God has blessed you with that, those children. If you don't believe they're a blessing, ask someone who's never been able to have children. Ask someone who has a, a strange relationship with their child or someone whose child has passed away and ask them what, how they view uh, parenting. It's amazing when we, we're surrounded by so much, we can almost take it for granted. And so when I think about dominion, I, I first believe that I have a responsibility with my presence. I can come home and be a total jerk and just ruin everything that's happened in the house before I ever walked in there. Or I can walk in and look to add value to the people that are there, understanding it is my house. That is my chair. That is my refrigerator. That is my TV. But if I got to tell everyone that that's my chair for refrigerator, TV, whatever, someday I'm going to want to be in their house. And I may not like the way they handle their chair, TV and responsibility because dad was a big jerk. And so I want to understand like, hey, I want a healthy home. But at the end of the day, the buck's got to stop with me. I have responsibility for the media that comes into our house to the people that comes in our house. So first and foremost, we got to understand we are responsible. I can't I can't dish blame on anybody else. Yeah, we really have to be the ones that that take responsibility within our homes. And we have to be, you know, the ones that are, you know, adding this value to to our wife, to our kids and that kind of thing. And that's, I think it, you really, really hit the nail on on the head on that one. That's that's an incredible incredible response to that. And that's, and it's really, uh, really inspired, inspired me because, you know, I feel like there's, of course, there's going to be days where, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily live up to the expectation that I have put forth for myself. And thank God that he has given me more days. So I think I can go through and I can, uh, I can kind of fix those things that I've, I've kind of messed up because of the things that, uh, whatever I've, I, things I've said, if, if it's, or the attitude I have because I'm stressed out at work and I didn't have time to decompress on the way home on my commute. And it's just, you know, it's whenever things are going right, and we've kind of mentioned it before, but when things are going right the way that God intends us intends it to be, it is uh it's so much more life giving. It's so much we can we can see the evidence of it in our homes and in our in our marriages and in our relationships. And, and with I'll our say kids. this, if if you're a parent and you're coming home and you have children or you're a spouse that's worked and you're coming home and I, I know you have bad days, man. I have days where I'm like, you know what? I wonder if Chick-fil-A is hiring today because I don't want to do this no more. I have days where I go, <laughs> if I keep driving down this road, I wonder where it goes. You know, I mean, you all have days like that. I, I, I get that. And I'm not trying to minimize that, but I want, but we got to remind ourselves, when we talk about responsibility that we are the grownups, that we are the ones that are being mature, to be mature. We are the ones that set the, set the temperature within the home. And so when I come home, I want to be mindful that if I had a bad day, so did maybe my six-year-old, you know, and so may, maybe, maybe my eighth grade daughter mm -hmm. did as well. Maybe my wife is struggling with something. So when I come home and I project that upon them, now, not only did they have a crummy day, now they've absorbed the wrath of my crummy day. And I'm not saying you have to suppress this and hold this in. We got a lot of issues going on where people are, are doing drastic things, either sabotaging their marriage, uh, committing suicide, abuse, neglect, whatever. I, I'm saying you need to find someone to talk to and you have to do it in a mature, life-giving way, it, whether it's someone you can vent to or someone that you can talk to. But you also have to talk to someone who's going to call you out and say, grow up. 
You know, I, I tell men, nobody cares how you feel. And I don't mean that as a real, oh, you're cold, whatever. Listen, brother, you got feelings today. So did I. Okay. You got stuff today. So did I. So we have to figure out a way. Do we believe in the power of God? Do we believe in the Holy Spirit's dwelling in our life? Do we believe that Christ also suffered? Do we believe that he had people that betrayed him, that mocked him, spit on him, hit him? Yeah. He will give us strength for another day. And that might mean that I got to circle the block a couple of times before I get in my driveway, but it is my job to be responsible for the people in my house. And sometimes that means I protect them also emotionally. I do a great job of checking the locks at night and making sure the cars are locked and the TVs are off and the windows are closed. And I can do that. Sometimes we need to protect them from ourselves. Sometimes the people that we need to protect them from have a garage door opener and a key to the front of the house. And we need to be mindful, what kind of impact am I really making? Just because I gave them some meals today and I paid for their school lunch, they need more than that from me. I have a responsibility to give them more than that. And um, that's going to be tough. But then I need to find another grown man that I can have a conversation with who's going to hear me and then tell me, all right, now go get back in the game. <laughs> There's more work to do. Stay in the fight. You and I were just talking about that. Stay in the fight. They, yeah. There's nothing more. It's not the guy who got knocked down once who wins the fight. It's the guy that gets knocked down, dusts himself off, gets back up, fights one more round. Each day you just fight one more round. And, man, you got to surround yourself with people who are life-giving and they'll build you up. Um, I also say this, if, if, if you're per people that you surround yourself with that you claim are life giving and build you up and your spouse does not approve, that doesn't count. That's, that's not life giving. Um, that's having probably a group of friends that you probably shouldn't have. So, um, man, I just think that's so important that I have to understand it. My, my 10 year old is carrying some stuff that I don't understand what they're going through. So I can't project it from a 40 plus year old man stuff onto them inadvertently. And then take it out on them, even they're like, what the heck just happened to dad? What's my, what's his problem? And I'm mad about an email I got four hours earlier. Like, that's so unfair to them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. And, you know, seeing it from their perspective is something that I think that uh, so many people struggle with, and see, especially when it comes to kids and especially when it comes to, you know, our spouses and just whoever it may be. Seeing our reaction from their perspective is, uh, I think, is an important instance. It's something that, uh, you know, I've heard it so many times before that if you were to, you know, subconsciously videotape yourself doing re <laughs> reacting the way that you're reacting to something, then most of the time yeah. you won't react that way. And it's, I think it's yeah. so true, especially, you know, within the walls of our home and within our kid, within our relationships with our kids and within our marriages, that if we were to record ourselves in that, doing that, what saying that thing, you know, doing that thing, then you know, most likely we probably would be so shameful and so embarrassed that we would, you know, of course not, not do that any, anymore, whatever it may be. Well, and, and that's it. You're going to make mistakes. Like we're not talking about perfect parenting right. here or perfect marriage. That, that's not going to happen. And when I, when I talk about responsibility, it also means that I'm humble enough to go to my kids or my wife and say, I'm sorry, you know, I blew it. And, and not to repeat that same thing the next day. Like that's, that's a sociopath. Okay. I'm talking about, Hey, I'm sorry. I lost on you. I'm sorry. I did this. Or I'm, here's what I was thinking, or here's why I said it. You know, I learned some things about, you know, our move here to Indianapolis about, you know, like my, my middle child, who was my youngest daughter, uh, that first year had no friends. And I kind of knew that, but brother, I was so busy podcasting and writing sermons and trying to lead out and try to set up meetings and try to build up different men in our church and try, I missed it. Mm -hmm. And here she, she's telling me this, that's gotta be a hard thing to, you know, just, you know, kind of passively telling me this on the way home from church one day. And I'm like, I'm sorry. 
you know, like I kind of heard it. I kind of, and I, and I think sometimes because we think we're so busy or so important because we're the breadwinners that we can just have a pass on that. They need this. And, and man, I, I say it often, I, I don't want my life to be for a lack of effort. And I want to be able to go, Hey, I tried. I, I wasn't the best dad to daughters. I, maybe I was better with the son because of, you know, or whatever, or I was better at this season or this season, but man, I gave you effort for sure. For sure. And, and that doesn't mean it's always going to work out great in the end. Um, but man, we can always exert a lot more effort than we're willing to give. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, that's a, that's a great way of putting it. And then uh, definitely thank you for, for sharing that because that was, that was all awesome. And that was, you know, inspiring to me as, as a husband, as a father. So that, that's incredible. We haven't really talked a whole lot about hunting. So how can we, <laughs> this has What's been, the transition? I know, yeah, well, this has been a, such a great conversation that I didn't, I didn't want to stop it. So how can we... Speaking of speaking of hunting. Speaking of yeah, hunting. So, uh, <laughs> how can we add some uh, value? How can we, you know, have dominion as hunters in the woods, as, as outdoorsmen, people that respect God's creation, people that are, you know, out there pursuing the things that he created for us? How can we add some value and how can we have dominion over over these things? I think first and foremost, it's, you know, it's like Psalms 19, one, it talks about, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim his, his handiwork. Yeah. I mean, if you've spent any time at all um, outside in nature, whether you're hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, uh, whatever, um, boy, the, the heavens just ring out. And, and, and I, I, I shared this and I don't know if you, if you heard it, if I don't remember if it was on a podcast or what, but um, in the spring last year, we took a, a mini retreat, if you will, to a state park that's not far from here. And we stayed in a cabin and yeah, yeah. Um, it was during March Madness, which was terrible timing because I love March Madness. <laughs> but um, I had just come back from speaking at a couple men's things and and uh, just one of these seasons where I was I, I wanted, I was ready to create more and write more. And I just got done preaching and my wife's like, we're taking off. She had the car packed and we go. And I, I went begrudgingly and I had a bag full of like my computer and charger and notebook and every, all this stuff. And they're just like chilling out, like watching movies and eating snacks. And I'm just fit to be tied. Like I need to come up with this epiphany idea here while we're out here in the woods. And uh, it wasn't happening. And it, it didn't happen. And even what did happen was not what I wanted to happen. So finally, one day, my wife was just kind of over me. You know, she needed a break from me. So she said, you know what? Um, down at this like lodge thing, there was a pool. She's like, I'm going to take the kids down to the pool. Why don't you just stay here? Which is a great way of saying, please don't come down there. <laughs> so um, I sat outside and, and I, I had a notebook and I'm ready and I'm going to I'm going to write something. And I start making notes and I'm remapping out like content ideas and stuff. And I don't know what it was. I just sat the notebook down and I sat there for a minute and just listened. And we live in a city and we, we're always hearing, you know, a train or a fire truck or some kind of something or a dog or whatever. I mean, I heard nothing but wind and leaves and then some birds. And then some, it was almost like my heart was getting re uh, acclimated to nature. It had been so long since I've done, I haven't gone hunting at all uh, since moving here. And I'm sitting on this like little chair and I thought, that's exactly what I needed. And I didn't need to write anything down. I didn't need, there was no epiphany. There was no wonderful series idea or podcast idea. Um, and then I just eventually, after I gave him some time, just walked to the the the, uh, the lodge area where they're at. And the the, the, the heart behind this whole thing is, if we will get out of our comfort zones, whether it's hunting or whatever, um, God's got a story to tell us. And oftentimes we are so... Um, 
in our offices or in our cars or in our dealerships or wherever we're at. I remember once looking out the window and seeing all these wild geese in our, our, our yard at our church. And I'm looking at it through the glass window and I'm like, it's like being at a zoo, but I'm in the zoo. Like they're more free than I am. And so, man, I just think the beauty and the wonder of it all, first of all, understand all glory to God, you know, that, 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 that we get to do this or we get to experience this. But when you talk about dominion, uh, you know, the deer still quite understand that we have dominion or whatever you're hunting. Most of them understand when they see us run, right? So God has written that on their hearts about when our presence is there, it means something to them. And we talk about our home, it should mean something to our people in a good way. To them, it's just the opposite. God said, I give you dominion over all this. It's a gift from him. It's a gift to be able to go out and do that. Yeah, absolutely. And just being able to reprogram ourselves and reconnect with his creation is something that that I feel just about every time I go out into the woods and hunt. I just went this past weekend on a hunt and uh, just sitting there listening to, you know, listen to the frogs croak over in the pond next to me and listen to the birds and just, you know, it's just be, being able to reconnect with his creation, reconnect with nature is something that I feel like that, you know, it may not be hunting for somebody, somebody, they may not be interested in that. Like we mentioned at the, at the beginning, they may not be interested in going out and hunting, but just having something that, you know, allows you to reconnect with God and to, you know, reevaluate and be reinvigorated into putting more energy into things that actually matter. It's, it's very important for us to, to find something like that. And for, you know, for myself and, you know, for most of my listeners, I'm sure hunting is, is where we are able to find that and be able to find this, this opportunity to reconnect with God and to, to reconnect with, with what he's, with what he's given us. And, you know, as, as we, as we kind of wind down here, I mean, I, I think this is going to kind of set us up perfectly for, for the final question that I, I really want to ask you. And that's a, uh, you know, I, this is something I ask all my guests and this is something that I'm, I'm interested in seeing. I think you kind of gave us a little preemptive here, but you know, what does, what does hunting mean to you? Well, I, I'll go back to, you know, really the heart of that. I believe it's a gift from God, you know, and, and we were talking about this and I don't, I don't want to open Pandora's box here, but I, I no, grew up. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. All right. So I grew up, not hunting, not anti-hunting, just not hunting. And I remember a season of life where I thought hunting was just um, kind of ridiculous. I just kind of had this mentality that guys go out, these savage alpha male guys just want to shoot something, kill something, whatever. And um, I was that's just ridiculous. You know, that's just, you know, whatever. And I really was some good people in my life. And there was one guy in particular, a guy in Iowa named Bob Malone. And Bob was, uh, I don't know his age, so I'm going to say he was older than me. So he was older than me. And Bob became like a grandfather figure to me and would take me out and, and I would sit, you know, in a, a stand or I would go out to his, his property and would shoot and hunt. And he would talk to me about, you know, the form. He would talk to me about just what a, an opportunity it is. He just we just had some great conversation, car rides, et cetera. So f- for me, hunting, it, first and foremost, is, is the opportunity to experience a gift from God within his creation. Second of all, it is a great privilege to be able to. Um, whether it's harvest your own meat or catch your own fish. Um, I'm not a fisherman either, but I got to go to Canada and, and fish there and to see that and, and have those fish and then grill it out and cook it. And, you know, you're like, I did this. And I think sometimes 
especially in our culture, it's too easy to have everything given to you. And we just assume things that are good are just given to us. Because if I want to, I can go right now and order something on Amazon that will be here tomorrow or go to Best Buy and buy a TV or go to a fast food place and get a meal, whatever. You understand that things that are valuable will always require work. And hunters understand that, that you could sit out there all day long, take some incredible naps, but sit out there all day long and wait and wait and wait and maybe never get what you're looking for. But then that time that you do, you're like, that's why I do this. And if that's not a picture of what matters most in life, I don't know what is. You do that with parenting. You can wait and wait and wait and parent every day and think I'm going to kill this kid and wait and wait. (laughs) And someday something's going to happen. You go, that's why we do this. Or with your marriage or with your job, we've lost the heart to persevere. We've lost grit and fortitude, especially in our country. This is a wonderful country we get, but we don't fight for anything no more. We don't work for anything anymore because everything's been handed to us. So the things we do fight about are only because our feelings or emotions are out of line. Because you hurt my feelings, I'm mad at you and I'm going to rise up and go buy a poster board and go protest outside of where you work or whatever. That's not worth fighting for. Like what really matters? And so when you understand things of value, you have to work for them. You want a great marriage, you have to work for it. You want to be a great parent, you got to work for it. You you harvest a a deer or even that idea where you're setting up trail cams and plots and all those things that go into it. While it's enjoyable, it's work. And every hunter will tell you, once you hit it and kill it, that's when the real work begins. But for months, when you have food in your freezer and people are enjoying it, or you can even give it as a gift to others, and that's why you do it. That's the beauty behind it. And, um, I'm not saying you have to be a hunter, but we can't say it's wrong either. You can't say it's wrong to do that either. So I I know people say, I don't like hunting. I don't believe in hunting. That's fine, but it doesn't make it wrong. You can't say it's wrong because it is, it is a gift. And we can go back to, uh, in acts where God told Peter rise, kill and eat, which I'm pretty sure, uh, this is the, why you have the name of that podcast, it's right? Exactly. It, and yeah. What <laughs> God is telling Peter is Peter, I'm doing a new thing. Peter said, Oh, no way. I would ever eat anything. That's, you know, uh, that is disgusting and everything. You know, no way I'm, I'm pure when it comes to my Jewish roots, my Jewish rules. And, and God said, no, 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 no. It's a new thing I'm doing. Now you're going to get up and you're going on a little journey and you're going to meet a guy and you're going to, like all of a sudden Peter's rock, world was rocked because God told him, get up. We got something new to do here. And I think God's telling us that every single day, wake up. We have something new to accomplish right now. Man, that's awesome. You just, uh, I think you may have just created my new intro or something. I don't know. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> it's yours. It's yours. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that was really awesome. But yeah, well, I mean, instant gratification is something that uh, is something that I think is, you know, infected culture. I mean, and that's, I think that's why I'm so drawn to hunting. So many people are drawn to hunting because like the preparation for this hunting season, it's l- literally started at the end of last season. I mean, yeah. there's, there's always something that, I mean, you're doing off-season scout, scouting. You are, you know, shed hunting in the winter to see what kind of bucks are in that area that, you know, survived through the hunting season. You are you're setting up trail camps. You're looking at food plots. You're, I mean, you're uh, scouting farms to see what kind of food is going to be available for deer. I mean, there's so many things that, that we do as hunters. And, you know, it comes back to this idea of preparing in advance. And it comes back to this idea of having discipline and having personal accountability because, of course, we could go to the store and we could buy a steak. We could, you know, get this nice, pretty packaged 
steak, you know, spend eight dollars on this on this steak and you know be be okay. But as hunters, we for the most part we we prefer to get out there and we want we want this struggle. We want this we want this sense of accomplishment whenever we we are able to harvest this animal. And you know what? In most of the time, typically it's it's not going to happen. I mean, statistically speaking, yeah. you're most of the time you're going to fail more often than not, especially when it comes to you know big game hunting and stuff. So just this idea of just struggling and, you know, getting out there and making ourselves stronger and being uncomfortable. It's whenever everything finally comes together and you're taking that blade and you're putting it on a deer, you're putting it on, you know, a duck, whatever, whatever it may be. It's just, it's just, there's not much else to it. And there's so reinvigorating because we're able to reconnect with nature. We're able to consume these things that God has given us. And that's like you said, with, rice killy that's that's what the this podcast is named after it's peter's back and forth with god saying you know every these animals are here for you and you can rise peter kill and eat them you know it's one of those things where you know like when i got into hunting i had no clue everything that went into it you know at first i thought i'm gonna go poor just trying to get all the things that i need to to get you know forget (laughs) a lot you know license was one thing and then and i'm like oh what does that do i need that too and then you go to cabela's and go i didn't know that thing existed i need one of those too and then i need that and and then you're talking about physical fitness is important and then you're talking about the preparation of how you store your clothing is important and then you're talking about you know where do i go for land do i go by myself do i go with others what you know what's my plan if i do get something how do i do this and you're like oh it can be overwhelming at first so can anything else in life that is of value and so when you want to be a more equipped, grounded, growing man or woman of God, you're going to realize day one is just the first step. It is every single day. Just like in hunting, you can literally spend 12 months getting prepared. And the first day you go out, you can, you can tell yourself, I'm not ready for this, but I'm going, right? And that's what right. it is. Some days you just got to jump out of the airplane and go 20 seconds of courage. I'm doing what needs to be done. Because when you do get it and you understand work, there, there's a sense of like accomplishment, like, God, thank you for giving this to me. And, and now I have a human responsibility to take care of it. I have a human responsibility to use it well. God, help me use whatever I get from this for your glory, maybe blessing someone else, blessing my home. Uh, I can use the nourishment. I can, I can you know, feed my children, et cetera. There's, a, there's so much more that goes into it than shooting an animal. There's so much more. Yes, that is a major component to it. And if you're a bad shot, you'll never get an animal. But <laughs> yeah. I, for the most part, though, th- th- that's just scratching the surface. And if you say, well, that must be all that it is. You're like, no, 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 no. It's way more than that. That's the only thing you're focusing in on. Because if you don't get the before and after right, you'll never get that thing in the middle. Like You'll never get the benefits of what we're really trying to accomplish. And that's that way to, with everything in life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, a, it's all a process and it's all has to compound and it has to build on on each other in order for us to truly be able to appreciate the the entire process be able to appreciate the entire hunt and it may, it may not even be a hunt it may be you know whatever whatever it is in life but the the whole idea of you know working through the process struggling through the process is something that you know especially me as a hunter i, I something i <laughs> i deal with every single year you know some people may be more lucky than i am but something <laughs> i deal with every year is that you know, there's, there's always this buildup, there's this excitement, getting my bow ready, you know, getting yeah. the rifle ready, you know, getting myself ready physically. And then of course, getting out there, you know, being mentally prepared to actually arrow a deer. And it's, 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 it's a process. And once that trigger is pulled, once that release is gone, that arrow is flying through the air. I mean, that's only, that's only half of it because there's going to be hopefully a whole nother 
process at the end where I'm harvesting that animal, I'm tracking it, harvesting it, and then I'm taking it home, taking care of the meat, cooking it for my my family, cooking it for my friends. And, you know, it's just, it's there's just so much more to it. And there's so many parallels with, with life mm-hmm. that we can find with hunting. And, you know, that's, that's really a huge inspiration for, for what I'm trying to do with the show, man. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate you taking, taking some time today and, you know, talking with me tonight. I'm not, I know it's kind of getting late. I want to definitely respect <laughs> your time, but thank you so much for, for being on the show tonight. No worries, man. This is where I do, you know, I do a lot of work. I, I say that to guys all the time. Like you have a full-time job, you do this on the side. It, it takes grit. It takes fortitude. It takes consistency and perseverance. And, uh, I, I do a lot of this stuff in the evening. So man, thank you for, uh, making time. I'm glad we were able to land and pick a time and go from there. And uh, man, awesome conversation. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I, I really do. So where can listeners, where can they find you? Where can they find the pursuit of manliness? Well, I, I think the best places are Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They're all at pursue manliness. Um, we have a closed Facebook group. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pursuit of manliness. That's guys for, you know, really looking for um, a little more community, you know, a, a little more conversation. They can, you know, some resources shared, things like that. Um, and then naturally iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get, um, podcasts, I have a podcast as well. All right. Awesome. I'm definitely going to be sure to include those links okay. into the details of the show note of the show included into the show notes. And, uh, I'll make sure that all those links are there for you. So I, again, I appreciate you taking some time and I really had a good conversation with you. This was, this was awesome. This was actually, it kind of veered more, uh, towards something I wasn't really expecting. And it, it, it was definitely helpful for me as being able to talk with you and be able to uh, have this conversation with you, man. So I, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, man, it was life giving. I'll, I'll be up for a while now. You got me wound up. So <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much. That's awesome, man. So thank you so much. Yeah, you too. Ah!